Welcome to Insert Human. I'm Chris Colbert. As the former managing director of the Harvard Innovation Lab, I realized many things. And one of the things I realized is that the pace of technology-driven change is faster, far faster, than most organizations and most people's ability to change. That gap equals risk, vulnerability, and eventually long-term viability. And it's a particularly troubling gap in the three sectors that underpin modern society, banking, education, and healthcare. It's the biggest existential threat they have, and by extension, we have. Closing the gap requires transformation, and transformation requires a much better understanding of ourselves, because at the end of the day, all transformation is human transformation. That's why I created Insert Human, a weekly conversation with brilliant people about better understanding us, and in doing so, shrinking the gap and increasing the chances of a better outcome for all. Before we dive into today's episode, an offer to all the listeners who are leading some sort of transformation effort. I've learned that the key to a successful transformation, organizations big or small, begins with adopting seven critical habits. And while most of the leaders I've met have nailed some, rarely have I seen any honed to an innate, really effective level. To find out how you're doing with the seven habits, you can get my guide, The Seven Habits of Highly Transformative Leaders at chriscolbert.com. Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Insert Human. This is actually a continuation of a series I started a couple of weeks ago titled The Seven Habits of Highly Transformative Leaders, which was a piece that I wrote several months ago focused on this whole question of how do organizations transform at a time in the world where transformation has gone from being a nice to have to being a must have. And the whole premise is that in order for an organization to transform, its leadership must be transformative. And so then the logical next question is, well, what constitutes transformative leadership? A couple of weeks ago, I shared the first habit of these seven habits of becoming a transformative leader. And that is the idea of embracing behavior. One of my basic premises is that virtually everything, actions, decisions, consequences, all derive from our behaviors. So if we want the outcome or the situation or the capacity of an entity to be different, to be better, to be more productive, we have to look at behavior, our behavior, their behavior. And then more specifically, we have to look at the modification or change of our behavior to get to the outcome that we desire. That basically is habit number one. Sounds easy, but it's not. Habit number two is an idea that's been bandied about for certainly the last several years. And it's it's possibly the most profound of the seven habits or the most profound in terms of the essential capacities of a transformative leader and transformative organizations. And that's the idea or the habit of creating an environment that is embodies the term psychological safety. And let me just read a quote to you from a person who I know a little bit who is known for her work. Uh, she's an academic for her work in this, in this area of uh, creating psychological safety. 
This is from uh, Amy Edmondson, who's a professor at Harvard Business School, uh, who I, I met when I was uh, at the Harvard Innovation Lab. She once wrote, in terms of psychological safety, speaking up is only the first step. The true test is how leaders respond when people do speak up. Stage setting and inviting participation indeed build psychological safety. But if a boss responds with anger or disdain as soon as someone steps forward to speak up about a problem, the psychological safety will quickly evaporate. A productive response must be appreciative, must be respectful, and offer a path forward. By the way, she also, Amy also wrote a book titled The Fearless Organization, Creating Psychological Safety in the Workplace. And if you embrace this second habit, I encourage you to read her book. A couple of other factoids before I dig into the, the, the question of what, how do you create psychological safety? 2017 Gallup poll showed that only three in 10 employees strongly agree with the statement that their opinions count at work. So imagine an environment where you know or believe that your opinion does not count. Your voice will not be heard. Another stat, 57% of all employees report a negative work environment, 57%. And I think that was pre-COVID. So I think coming out of COVID, that number is likely higher. And then the third one, which is equally shocking, only 20% of managers manage in a supportive and consultative way. And having had my fair share of not so great managers, um, I think that number is probably underreported. So where did all this, this idea of psychological safety come from? And my view is it goes back to a study done by Google way back in 2007, where they undertook an effort to better understand why some of the internal Google teams were far more productive and far more innovative than other teams. The study was called Project Aristotle, also something I think you should look into, Google, read about. The findings of that study basically rocked Google and effectively the rest of the world because it showed that the number one factor behind a team's capacity to create value was the presence of what they dubbed psychological safety. A guy by the name of Timothy Clark, who's a doctor, was author of the four stages of psychological safety, defines it this way. Psychological safety is a condition in which one feels A, included, B, safe to learn, C, safe to contribute, and D, safe to challenge the status quo without fear of being embarrassed, marginalized, or punished in some way. I'm going to repeat those four attributes of Dr. Clark's definition of psychological safety. And I want, as I repeat them, I love all, everybody listening to think about those attributes or criteria relative to either the environment that you lead and manage or the environment that you participate in. A, feel included. Do you feel included? B, safe to learn. Do you feel safe to learn? C, safe to contribute. Safe, safe, not allowed, safe. And D, the last one, safe to challenge the status quo without fear of being embarrassed, marginalized, or punished in some way. So how many of us have sat in a meeting in some conference room at some point in time and thought to ourselves, we disagree, and then thought to ourselves, but if we share our disagreement, there will be negative consequences. 
We will either be punished, we will be castigated, we will be treated as less than, we will not be invited to the next meeting. Somehow, some way, we will be punished for speaking our mind, for challenging the status quo, challenging the hierarchy within our organization. So a feeling of psychological safety is ultimately about creating the capacity to take risk, to step forward, to challenge the status quo, to point out the sacred cows and boy, are there sacred cows or the elephants in the room and the legacy thinking as standing in the way of organizational transformation. So freed from the shackles of hierarchical psychological fear, your employees and maybe you will likely show you the transformative way really is fundamental to the ability to create a transformational organization. If safety is not felt, if risk is the concern, people will not step forward. They will not be willing to act differently, to speak differently, to think differently, to collaborate differently. It is the great inhibitor. Fear ultimately is the great inhibitor. So the question then is, well, how do you manifest habit number two, this idea of psychological safety? Here's what I got. You can create an environment of psychological safety with your leadership, but also the leadership and management style of every manager in your organization. Because no matter how open and supportive you are, how non-hierarchical you are, how open to challenging the status quo you are, how encouraging you are of all to speak out and speak up, if an employee's manager sends the opposite signals, they simply will not be willing to speak. So step one in creating psychological safety is examining the leadership style and management style of every leader and manager in your organization to understand how supportive or not they are of creating a psychologically safe environment. My guess is that the majority of us in doing that assessment will realize that the environment is far from being psychologically safe and that many, if not the majority of leaders and managements do not conform to the attributes of creating a safe environment. So the second next step is to establish psychological safety as a strategic imperative for the organization and then support that with a communications and management training program that gets your leaders and managers committed to creating a positive, supportive, and trust-based work environment. And by the way, that is not like a three-hour training session or even a three-day training session. It should be an ongoing training session because we're ultimately talking about changing back to behavior, changing the behavior of the managers and leaders from the way they are today, which is probably hierarchical, probably closed-minded, probably supporting the status quo towards a completely different environment, which is based on openness, on positivism, on support, on trust. And here's kind of the ugly reality of all this. Some percentage of the managers and leaders that you put through that, call it reorientation program, which should be ongoing and arguably never ending, some of them will simply not accept it. They will not get it or they won't be able to get there quickly enough. And so what do you do? The fact is you have to let them go. 
And, you know, it's in the transformation innovation space, there's this presumption that everything is roses, everything is peaches and cream, that everything will be positive and additive and everybody will be excited about the journey ahead. But the fact of the matter is in any organization, the bell curve pretty much applies. The standard distribution curve pretty much applies. 20% of the people will immediately glom on to the positive opportunities being presented. 20% of the people will dig in and never be willing to go there. And the remaining 60% are on the fence. And the purpose of the training program is to enable the ones who already get it, the 20%, and move as many of the 40%, or I should say 60% as possible, over to the side that gets it. And then you've got to deal with the 20% of the recalcitrant that are against change, against behavior modification, against creating environments of psychological safety, against challenging the status quo. And the only way to deal with the 20% is to let them go which really is this way of saying that the transformation of any organization is built on a consistent feeling of psychological safety. And that is an all in proposition. Either we're all in it or it's not gonna work. With all that comes the opportunity to shift your celebration system from one that typically is focused on delivery to celebrating the transformers, the change agents that are demonstrating actively listening providing open and honest feedback and are aligned with the organization's priorities, values, and goals. With that, encouraging everybody to read everything you and they can about the topic, including Amy's book, Dr. Clark's book, but also an article recently written by McKinsey titled Psychological Safety and the Critical Role of Leadership Development. And after you read all that, I encourage you to look in the mirror ideally with your leadership teams, and ask the fundamental questions. How do we match up to the criteria they're presenting as essential? How good are we at showing vulnerability and telling the gentle truth? How much is ego on our sleeve or in our file drawers? Fundamentally, this is about focusing on our capacity to listen for real understanding and to suppress our need to be right and to be certain accepting that hierarchy is irrelevant in matters of innovation and transformation. Research has more than proven this out. And finally, it is about embracing that exposing the elephants in the room and ridding the organization of its sacred cows is key to creating a psychologically safe, transformative and transformed workplace and a transformative leader by the name of you. Thanks for listening today. Wherever you are as a leader on your transformation journey, you'll find more helpful resources at chriscolbert.com. From more podcast episodes and my film talks from around the globe to my blog and books. And if you're a CEO or leader interested in getting my advice, you can reach me there too. Just head over to chriscolbert.com. Thanks for listening.